Open your word to Romans 8. We've uh, heard several times from Jonathan, Dale, now me. Hopefully this sticks in your mind. Romans 8, verse 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I said in your outline, 8a, I really want the whole verse, 8-1-a, whole verse. Also verse 3, let me read it. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Now, last week, if you were here, we looked at the first 11 verses. Some of you are here for the first time this morning, and it may seem a little strange that I'm just going to focus on verse 1, verse 3, but it's because I've already focused on 1 through 11. And, what a, and 1 through 11, it, it's, a, it's a strong argument that there is now no condemnation for us in Christ Jesus. And it was a five-fold argument, if you remember from last week. God says, I have given you my spirit, and with my spirit, you get first the law of the spirit, then you get the walk of the spirit, then you get the mind of the spirit, then you get the power of the spirit, and then you get the resurrection of the spirit. And because you have those five things, there is, therefore, now no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. Strong argument. You have the Spirit of God if you're in Christ. You have His law. You have His mind. You have His walk. You have His power. You have His resurrection. So you cannot possibly be condemned. If you weren't here last week, it's on our website, podcast, whatever. What do we call that? Spotify. You can, might want to go give it a listen. It's worth our time. And it's so worth our time, I wanted us to just linger this morning in the concept of no condemnation for us in Christ Jesus. I don't want you just to have the argument and move on. I don't want you just to believe the facts. I want you to stop this morning and see if you can feel it. See if you can feel what it's like to live without condemnation. So I was glad Dale prayed on it. Jonathan sung on it. Because that enables us just to linger there and think about it. I think it's, it's, it's in, incredibly difficult to feel no condemnation. I get condemned every day. A lot of times it's myself. I condemn myself. Do you ever do that? Do you tell yourself you're not good enough? You don't measure up? You don't quite have the stuff? Not only do I tell myself that, but I have other people who tell me that. You're not the only ones. And people don't even have to tell me. I can do something, I look around, and you just see people's face. Or they roll their eyes. Or they kind of moan, ugh. And you just have that feeling, I don't measure up. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I want to feel. I want to feel like you do, I think. I want to feel like a hero. I want to feel respected. I want to feel praised. But most of the time, I feel 
condemned. And I don't think I'm the only one. So I think we ought to take some time and just kind of linger on this thought. There, really, there, there is now no condemnation for us in Christ Jesus. We assume we're condemned, and God says, no, you're not. Let's define it just briefly. What does it mean to be condemned? It means that someone is exposing your guilt. You might be doing it. Someone else may be doing it. Guilt you probably deserve. We all do. Someone is exposing that you don't quite meet the standard. That you're not perfect. You've got faults. And we're guilty. So someone brings a charge. Someone says we owe a debt. Someone says we should be penalized. And then Christ says no. Now, there is no condemnation. Probably, in my opinion, best words ever. It's right up there beside God so loved the world. Now, no condemnation. Can you take that in? Now, no condemnation. I'm not sure there would be better words to hear from our God. No condemnation. None whatsoever. That's what he's saying. It's truly incredible words because I mess up, you mess up. Even the best people we know mess up. And they are not perfect. And we cannot measure to a perfect standard. God is giving us incredible truth here that all of the shameful and stupid stuff we have done, we are not going to be condemned for. There is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Don't miss the word now. Man, that's a good word. Now, no condemnation. In other words, this is not some hypothetical principle that might happen somewhere in the future. That if you do X, Y, Z, somehow, some way, you will get to a status of no condemnation. No, he says, it's right now. Now, no condemnation. It's not a wait and see activity. Let's see how you do. Uh-uh. This is now, before we wait, before you do anything else, and in spite of everything before, now there is no condemnation. I love the word now. It's good. You know, uh, we've all been to some sort of uh, event, probably a wedding, where sometimes you... Uh, have to leave row by row or you go to a reception and they have certain people they want to eat first so they get to go first and you're held back. We do that at our family feast next week. By the way, don't forget that. Family feast next week. And one of the things we do usually at that family feast is we ask our teenagers to wait because they always eat all the food, you know? And I'm sure some of you teenagers, you don't like that. I hate it for you. It's just that time in life, okay? Face it. And, but what a joy it is when somebody says, now you can go. 
See, now's a wonderful word. Now I can get in line. Now I can eat. Now I can be um, respected and have it. And that's what God is saying. Now you have no condemnation. You get the benefits of this non, no condemnation status right now. Um, don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. This is something that is ours right now in Christ. God is already saying, not going to hold your sin against you. You will be free in my sight. I will not look at your shame. I will not look at your sin. I'm going to look at you as those who are already 100% fully approved and accepted of God now. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, that is good news. What if you died today? Well, okay, now I die in a no-condemned status right now. So many people, well, I did this in my last hour. doesn't matter. Now there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. We were driving in the rain home last night and um, on 81, and big truck. We were in Patty's CRV, you know. Big truck just pulls out right in front of us. Blind spot or something. And we're swerving. Car's on two wheels twice, wasn't it? Uh, Could have been it. You wouldn't have seen me this morning. But I'm thinking now, no condemnation. I'm ready if I'm not condemned. If I am condemned, I'm never ready. But for those in Christ now, no condemnation. God doesn't look at us as though we are the sinners we are. Now, stop and see if you can feel that. Do you feel it? Because the only way you can feel it is because God declares it. And we have a hard time believing stuff we don't do something for. We like to believe performance. Record, histories, science. This is simply a declaration. Now there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Can you feel it based on God's declaration alone? God said it. That settles it. Now there is no condemnation for us in Christ. Um, so, so many people say, not true. We, we only get what we work for. Now, it's true that we can work for stuff and get benefits, but there are lots of stuff we get without ever working for them. Just go through the creation account in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He separated the waters so that there's earth and there's heaven. I get to live in an existence where there is a heaven and an earth. I didn't do anything for that. And then God said, let there be light. I get to enjoy heavenly sunrises and sunsets. The sun in the morning and the evening. The moon. I didn't do anything for that. God gave it to us. We didn't do anything. And then God said, let there be creatures teeming in the waters and on the land. And let there be plants and vegetation. And we didn't do anything for that. 
And then God said, let there be man made in my image, male and female. And we have this glorious thing called marriage and companionship. And we didn't do anything to establish that. And then God gave us summer and fall and winter and spring. And we didn't do anything for that. You see, we're not doing anything like the song we sang to create air that we breathe. We get air, we get light, we get darkness, we get heaven, we get earth, we get companionship, we get marriage, we get food, we get all of these things, and we don't do a thing for it. Isn't it possible that we could get a no condemnation status and not do anything for it? You see, it's possible. Because God is a giver to people who don't have to perform to get what he wants to give. He says, I want to give you, in Christ, the Holy Spirit. And with that gift, I give you the law of the Spirit. I give you the walk of the Spirit, and the mind of the Spirit, and the power of the Spirit, and the resurrection of the Spirit, to have you firmly in Christ. And in Christ, there is no condemnation. A gift of God. A wonderful gift. We so get hung up that we don't feel what we don't work for. Uh, Condemnation focuses on our performance. When I'm condemned, when you're condemned, the focus is performance. You didn't perform. You didn't measure up. You're not enough. That's the focus. That's why you're condemned. What is God doing in Romans 8.1? His focus is on Christ. In Christ. There is now no condemnation. The focus is not on performance. The way we achieve this, and we don't achieve, it's a gift. The way we obtain this no condemnation status is the focus must be on Christ who has taken our sin and our condemnation for us. And that's exactly where God puts it. He says, I can give you no condemnation status because when I look at you, I see Christ. And I see that I have transferred all of your sin, past, present, future sin, onto Christ, and Christ has paid the penalty for your sin. That was the whole point of verse 3. It says, for what the law couldn't do. You couldn't perform, in other words, a perfect keeping of the law. The law couldn't do that for you. It was weak through our flesh. But God did it, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. Christ came, took our flesh, and then He lived the perfect life as a substitute for us, for us, and then God the Father placed all our sin upon Christ. Christ died for it, paid the penalty for it, measured up to God's standard. And God said, I'll accept that substitute. So his focus is not on performance. His focus is on Christ. Where is redemption found? You know, if you just... Are good enough. Maybe you'll get saved. 
you read your Bible enough, if you pray enough, if you go to church enough, if you're generous enough, if you, if you give enough, maybe possibly you'll get saved. That's not where redemption's found. If Christ was perfect, if Christ's sacrifice was sufficient, if you're in Christ, you are redeemed. And there's no condemnation. It's not based on performance. Our status comes from our union with Christ. It's so easy for us as a church to get focused on outward performance. We're pressured all the time to do something. If you're really a Christian, do something. And we start thinking doing something is what the Christian life in essence really is. And so we're told, you know, dig wells, um, build homes for the homeless, give out stuff, uh, read your Bibles, get up early, pray, do this. You know, if we do all of that, there's nothing wrong with social work and self-improvement. But if we do all the great social work that's possible, and we finance it, and we do all the self-improvement that's possible, what have we done? We've only dressed ourselves up for a funeral. Because social work and self-improvement does not redeem. Only Jesus redeems. And it's so easy for us to get our focus on social work and self-improvement and think that's what's going to enable us to be in good stead when we meet Jesus. And it's not. Our only hope is that we are in Christ. You can do social work and self-improve without Christ, but only those in Christ here escape. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. How do we get escape? It's not by doing work. Don't, don't believe Satan's schemes. We so want to measure up by doing something. Simply trust Jesus has paid it all, done it all, given all to us. It's that simple. And yet we constantly try to switch it. You know, feeling words without doing works. Can you feel it yet? The only way you can get there, you have to learn to embrace precepts, the precepts of God over performance. You have to embrace truth over trying harder. God said, there's now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Believe it. It's true. Now, how can he say that? Because he's already condemned Christ for us. Christ is already condemned. Christ has already paid the sin. Um, it'd be foolish for it to go any other way. He's been condemned as our substitute. That's what, what verse 3 was about. Look over back over at chapter 3 of Romans, verse 21 and 22. It says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there's no distinction. So there it is. It's our faith in Christ that Christ performs 
what needs to be performed so we get His righteousness. He pays for the sin. He sets us free. Uh, just our being in Him. God's got to punish sin, sinners, so He puts us in Christ, places all our sin on Christ, and He kills Christ as payment for sin. The wages of sin is death. Christ took our death and paid the sin. Um, is it right to require somebody to pay for something that's already paid for? I remember when I was uh, 16, my dad owned a full-service car wash in Greenville. And uh, he had just hired a new uh, clerk to handle the registers. Didn't know me. I didn't know even though he was there. And I was getting my car washed one day. And so I walked up and I saw him. And I said, hey, my name's David. I don't know you, you know, because it's my dad's car wash. I need to know people, you know. And he said, he said, he said hey, good to see you. My name's Alex. You ready to pay for your car wash? And I said, no, 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 no. So you don't understand. What do I not understand? I said, the car wash is paid for. My dad paid for the car wash when he bought the car wash. Already paid. He immediately said, oh, okay, I didn't know who you were. Go, go on. Everybody understands that rule. You don't have to pay again for something that's already paid for. If Christ is already paid for your sin and my sin, we don't have to pay for it again. It's done. No more payment is due. It is paid for by Christ's sacrifice on the cross. You say, well, how about in the future? Look at Romans 8, verse 33 and 34. He takes us into the future. Because that may be your question. He said, okay, I get it now, no condemnation. But how about future? You know, will, will this go, go on into the future as well? Well, look at verse um, 33 and 34 with me. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes. Rather, who was raised and who is at the right hand of God who also intercedes for us. It's like, okay, what are the chances that anybody is going to be waiting on you when you get to heaven and said, yeah, but. You remember the time. That person should be condemned. It says, Christ is on the throne. Who's going to bring a charge against those who are in Christ when Christ is on the throne and Christ is saying, I already paid for that. Already paid for that. Yeah, but, yeah, but, already paid for that. Who will succeed at bringing a charge against God's people? See, nobody. Because it's already paid for. You don't have to pay again for something that's already paid for. There is now no condemnation for us in Christ Jesus. All charges are paid. Well, I want you to embrace that. I don't want you to leave out of here with with feelings of condemnation. I want you to learn to wrestle down those feelings that you create. Those feelings, those thoughts that enter your mind. 
and really begin to embrace, you know, God is really so good. And His gift to me of Christ is overwhelming. And I am in a state of no condemnation. Uh, feelings of no condemnation, such a wonderful feeling. Only those who are in Christ are getting it. God's not a universalist. Everybody's not going to have these feelings. But if you're in Christ, you should have the feeling, I'm not condemned. Not for my past, not for today, and not for tomorrow. There's no more condemnation. I'm out from under it because all of my debt has been fully paid by the one who sits on the throne, the one who himself is perfect in every way, has complete righteousness, and has given that righteousness to me. He's transferred it to my account. Um, let's suppose you stand at death's door, and God's sitting there saying, man, i, I got to figure out if i got any more room. Everybody wants to be in here. Now, what do you say? Do you get up... You get anxious at that point and say, wait, 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 God, what do you mean, no room? Uh, I went to church, you know, I read my Bible, I, uh, I gave generously, and I, I built homes for the homeless, and I, you know, you start going through this list of things. Social work, self-improvement, and God says, oh, that's, that's the kind of person you were, that's a pretty good person, okay, you go to hell. That's his answer. Because even if you do the best of stuff, you're still man at best, woman at best. Man and woman are sinners. There's a charge against you. But if you say, what do you mean, no room? There's plenty of room. God says, how do you know there's plenty of room? Because Jesus told me, John 14, don't let your heart be troubled. In my Father's house, there's many rooms. God has no small hotel. He's got an ever-expanding hotel. There is room for me because Christ has paid all of my debts. And, you know, Father, don't look under regular room reservations because I don't even have one of those. What we need to be looking under is the honeymoon suite. I am the bride of Christ without spot, without blemish. Without condemnation. Heaven has been made available for such as me. Do you feel that? Do you feel how wonderful it is to be in Christ? As his bride. As the one who's been washed until we're clean without spot and blemish. And given a no condemnation status. Worldly people, worldly gods, worldly thoughts creep in. I want you to linger with no condemnation. I want you to feel it. Worldly thoughts come into my head and your head every day. Say, David, you know, you really aren't that good. You're a lousy husband, not the best father workaholic at times 
your struggles, your stress is because God's trying to teach you something. You're condemned. You need to be punished. Do you ever feel it? And we have to say, no, 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 no. Satan, get behind me. I am no longer facing condemnation. Now, in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. But let's think about your marriage, man. Your marriage is terrible. God's punishing you. That's why, because you're just, you're not husband enough. You're not wife enough. Now, no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And when you hear it, you realize the reason there's no condemnation is because of God's wonderful mercy, and it brings up mercy in you for your husband and for your wife. But you're a terrible parent. And your kids are getting messed up, and it's all because of you. And then you realize, no, there's now no condemnation for me in Christ Jesus. And because I'm not condemned, I can sit down with my kids, and I can share my sin, and I can seek forgiveness, and I can share the wonder and the beauty of the love of Christ with them. In our workplace, we have performance reviews, and we do them all in our own mind as well. And many people are constantly telling us we don't measure up, and we have to learn to say, no, I am now one that does not have condemnation. I don't live as the rest of the world. I'm in Christ, and I'm not condemned. And I will live out my time on this earth for His pleasure because He has given me such mercy and such grace. Or someone says, you're being punished because you're just terrible at finances. You don't work hard enough, and you're lazy most of the time, and you spend too much, and that's why God is condemning you. No, listen. If you are hearing somebody say, God is condemning them, condemning you, take them back to Romans 8, 1. That is not in the Bible. The world is making that up. That you are condemned. God is punishing you. God's word says there is now no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. I'm not making that up. It's right there. You've said it this morning. Romans 8.1. There is now no condemnation. Did God say it? Do you believe it? Do you begin to feel it? There, no matter what you're doing today or tomorrow or the next day, there is no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. And then Satan sneaks in. But you didn't read your Bible today. You didn't pray yet. You didn't get up early enough. Or you didn't stay up late enough. No, now there is no condemnation. Hear the word of God instead of the words of men. Hear the word of God instead of the schemes of the devil. We're so good at hitting condemnation. The words are in my head right now. David, you're not good enough. You're not sweet enough. You're not true enough. You're not right enough. You're not loving enough. You should be doing more. And it goes on and on and on. And God's word says there's no condemnation. Quit it. Stop it. Right now. Get back to the word of God. There's now 
no condemnation. Well, then what do I do? I worship. I adore the one who gives such a gift. I praise him who has paid such a price. I give my all because he's given his all for such a non-condemning status. That's what we do. Where are you at this morning? Are you in Christ? Do you see the wonder, the joy, the beauty of being in Christ? How do you get there? Simply trust Him. Receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Save me, Lord, or I perish. I die. No amount of good works, no social work, no self-improvement will get me to heaven. Only Christ. Give me Christ. If you cried out in desperation that your only hope is Christ Jesus. That's your need. I hope you do that. If you need help, come see us. We want to help you find the hope of glory, Christ Jesus himself. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you in just awe that such a truth is before us. That you not only love us, but you no longer condemn us. Having condemned Christ in our place, our debts are paid. Hallelujah. Praise you, O God. We love you. We seek to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And praise you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. You are our everything, our life, our righteousness. We're set free. We escape in you and you alone. Lord, may we ever be praising and adoring you and sharing how good it is to be yours. Father, for those in this room who've yet to see your beauty, your glory, open their eyes, Lord, that they may behold the wonders of Christ as their Redeemer and Savior. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to come and take of this meal before us to remember our substitute. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.